anyway, if you don't know who the Gettys are, they're the modern-day hymn writers. I mean, they have come up with some of the best hymns and things, and Christ Alone is probably their most famous one, but um, just tremendous hymn writers of our day. And, and, you know, we've had all those from the ancient days when, when we, all of our hymnals in the hymnals and the hymns and the hymnals, and um, they have come up and, and started bringing a whole new set for some of the younger generation, for some of us older generation, too, so... Um, if you're not familiar with them, get familiar with them. They are just incredible people and, and such strong. Um, if you ever got to see them in concert or get to meet them, they're just strong Christian folks that are really uh, doing amazing work for the Lord. So tonight we're in Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. If you would all stand with me, we're going to do the first five verses and then stand those that are able to, if you'd like to stand as we read God's word. Moses answered, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? A staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it on the ground. Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran away from it. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has appeared to you. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. My guess is we've all played the little thing, or what's in my hand, or maybe which hand is it in. You know, you've done those kind of things and all. We, we will think about our hands. And here we are in, in, in Exodus, and we're talking to Moses. Moses is, if you remember, he, went, he saw the burning bush, and, and God spoke to him through the burning bush, and he called him to go free the Israelites, to get his people, set my people free, you know, that kind of thing, um, from the Egyptians. And, and Moses was a little hesitant at best, if that's a good way of putting it. As most of us would be, you know, that's a pretty big task to ask. Um, oh, Moses, by the way, I want you to just go free all your people out of the, the Egyptian slavery. By myself? Uh, Lord, I don't have an army. Um, I, it's just me. So our, this focus passage that we are, we're talking about what's in your hand. And... We don't think about much about what's in our hand, but that's what he tells. He's told Moses that he would not be left empty-handed. We've all been left empty-handed. You know, maybe you've gone to the store and you saw that you had $5 and what you bought was 10 Or, you know, you feel like it's not there. Or somebody's asked you for something, you're kind of going, you pull out your pockets or you kind of look at your hand and go, I can't do anything with this. We've all been caught left empty-handed. And that's how Moses felt. And he said, but God told him, I'm not going to leave you that way. And if, if you've ever felt that way, you just kind of go, I, you feel helpless. You feel like, I can't do this. This is beyond me. You're, you're asking me to do something I can't handle. And we've, I, I'm guessing we've all been there. I know I've been there. I've, I'm, I'm sitting in a place where I'm going, this is over my head. This is way beyond what I can do. God, I, I don't know. And, and I'm sure that 
he, that's how Moses was feeling. And so the Lord asked him, what's in your hand? Staff, a stick, a shepherd's crook, whatever it may be. But you see, he just thought of it as a staff. He just thought this was a stick in his hand. He didn't know. I mean, but see, God saw more. God saw there was more. It was much important. This was an important part of Moses. It was probably more than even Moses thought. The staff told Moses who he was. Who was Moses? He was a shepherd. That's what he was doing. The people saw him with the staff, and they knew he was a shepherd. If you saw the man with a staff, oh, that's a shepherd. Now, you've got to understand, he did not own the sheep. They were not his sheep. They were his father-in-law's sheep. He was just the shepherd. He was the caretaker. He had his staff. I should have probably brought one just to kind of have as an illustration. But you can see it. I can see your eyes, your imagination. He cared for those sheep. He looked after them. He made sure they were okay. This staff was all he had. The staff was used to protect the sheep. It was used to guide the sheep. It was used for all kinds of things, but it was a stick. It was a staff. It was just that. It was all it was. That was what was in his hand. Moses had messed up earlier in his life, if you remember. <laughs> and so that he felt that this was all he had left. He had, remember, he killed the Egyptian <laughs> soldier and, you know, and tried to hide it. Didn't work. And so he went and hid for real. And started working with his father-in-law. Handling sheep. He had run away. Became a shepherd and felt that, that would be his life. You ever felt like, I'm where I am, this is my life. This is all it is, this is it, I'm done. My guess is we all get to that point. Some of us get to the point and we go, well, then I'm going to retire. And then you retire and you kind of go, now what do I do? Keep bees, do something else. You know, what do we do? Well, who are we? Who are we? What do we do with it? How do we handle that situation? God told him to help deliver his people from Egypt. But Moses got, got ahead of God said, and, and he tried to kill the Egyptian and ran away. And he uh, tried to get ahead. Yet God called and spoke to him again and gave him a great task to do. What's in your hand? Moses had a staff of insecurity. I bet a lot of us have that feeling sometimes. I don't know if I'm qualified for this. Lord, I, I know you're asking me to do something, but I don't know if I should do it. I mean, come on. You've got to find somebody better than me can handle it. Our insecurities get the best of us too many times. Our low self-esteem. <laughs> I deal with that. I'm guessing we all have certain times in our lives when we feel like, I'm not good enough. I'm just not worthy. Apprehension. <laughs> I am apprehensive about a lot of things. I know God can handle it, but can he really? We, 
we are that way. Or are we that way? We, we, we know God can, we know up here, our heads tell us, yes, God can take care of it all. But can he really? Is it really big enough for my problem? Is it really big enough for Forest Heights problem? Is it really big enough for Athens problem? Is it really big enough for this world problem? Hidden sin. Moses had hidden sin, didn't he? Let's face it, there's a little hidden sin. Look how pushing past. And they, what do they do? They creep back in. What's in your staff? You all have one. No, it may not be a wooden stick, but your talent, your ability, your gifts, maybe your hospitality. Maybe willingness. In church work, willingness is a lot of the battle. Y'all got that? I mean, willingness is where it's at. We've got to find people that are willing to give it a shot. That's where we are. We need somebody willing. But so many people are afraid. What about your job? What about your material possessions? wait a minute, not my material possession, not my stuff. That's my stuff. Well, I think it was George Carter used to talk about stuff. And he says, hey, it's your stuff. You have to, have, you have, to um, have closets for your stuff, and you need garages for your stuff, and then you need to get storage buildings for your stuff, and then you have to get another rent a storage building for your stuff. And you, and you got all this stuff, and what? Never, you know, I have got a basement that's got one, two, three rooms of stuff. Of boxes of stuff. I think Janet's got 50 boxes for Christmas. Makes me crazy. And it's all in the basement, which means what it has to come all upstairs. Main reason we keep Troy around, because he can lug them up and down the stairs. I can't do it anymore. But you, you, what I'm saying is, we have all this stuff. We have our material possessions. And believe it or not, that's in our hands, folks. And sometimes we don't want to let go of that. What's at our disposal that God can use? You don't think we've got much? But folks, we're middle-income America. We have more money at our disposal than we ever thought of. We have more things at our disposal than we ever imagined. I, I, you know, I look back and... and um, you know, my dad was an officer in the Navy, and, and for the longest time we had one car. And we sure enough only had one TV, and it wasn't color. And I look now, and I'm going, if you ain't got two, three, four cars around, if you ain't got, I can't even tell you how many TVs we have in our house. I can't, I'm not sure I can count that high. I know there's one in every room, just about. Why is that? We got stuff. Hey, we accumulate them. And then how do you get rid of them? You don't know what to do with them. Nobody will take them anymore. We have good and bad things in our hands. What we do with them is up to us. <laughs> we harbor stuff from our past. Forgiveness. Unforgiveness. Hurt feelings. Things that have gone wrong in our lives. We have all those things that we keep harboring. Hatred. Anxiety. I'm sure nobody in here ever has any anxiety about anything. 
come with me at all? And you're just kind of looking at me like, well, really, you know. Folks, we have, we're anxious about so much. <laughs> Boredom. You don't think we're bored? How many channels are on your TV? And you watch three of them. If you're like me, I, there's about three of them I watch. You know? Hallmark, HGTV, and, you know, and the news you know, sometimes. I'd be maybe, maybe four, I'd be one of the, you know, sometimes the regular TV comes on. Busyness. <laughs> you ever filled your life up with busyness? I'm too busy to do that. I'm too busy. I got to go there. And then you think back of the day, what did you do? <laughs> you know, I was busy all day. I did, I, man, I couldn't stop for the all day. And I look back on the day and went, what did I do? I can't think of a thing I did. I'm sure I'm the only one that does that. So, Wes does that. We use excuses and forget what God can do with what we have in our hands. Moses was the king of excuses, wasn't he? <laughs> now, Lord, you don't want me. I, I, I can't talk, talk very good. Um, I'm not real eloquent. Maybe you need to find somebody better. Lord, you don't need me. I've done stuff that ain't right. Lord, you don't need me. I can't do this. You don't need me. I can't sing. You kill me, me. I can't play the piano. You don't need me. I can't preach. You don't need me. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. The rod represented some of Moses' problem. He was raised in Pharaoh's court. Y'all remember that? This man had all the education. He had all the lifestyle. He had everything handed to him. He had it right, everything, he had the world at his fingertips. He was set. And what happened? Now he's got a stick. Went from Pharaoh's house to a stick. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be feeling kind of self-conscious about that. I'd kind of go, you know, I had it all, and look where I am. You know, I think I preached on the prodigal the other week, and it, and it, kind of like him, you know, he had it all, and then he went and blew it all away, and he's in the pig slop. And I think most of us end up in the pig slop, wondering what's going on with us, what are we going to do? And he's going, I'm sitting here, this, just going nowhere, with a nowhere job, just watching someone else's stuff. Isn't that what he was doing? I mean, think about it. It's hard to think of Moses that way, isn't it? <laughs> but that's how he thought of himself at that point. So what problems are we holding on to? What opportunities do we miss that we hold on to? We could all be millionaires if we'd invested in Amazon 20 years ago. Right? I think about it. Little decisions, if we'd have made that decision a long time ago, guess what? If only we knew what the Amazon was today that we could invest in right now, right? But we don't know what it is. 20 years ago, we didn't know what Amazon was. Boy, but we surely do wish we'd have spent a thousand bucks and put it into Amazon about 20 years ago, don't we? You'd be a millionaire right now. Wouldn't that be nice? You'd have lots of stuff, more stuff than you have now. Y'all are getting with me good. I finally, all right, I was wondering. I have to read another story. Exactly right. We have all missed opportunities. We have all failed. We've not worked up to our full potential at times. All of us have. I mean, come on. We know. We can, matter of fact, we can tell you what's... We remember the failures way better than we remember the successes. 
We do. We just, that's the way we are. We have, we, we fail to live up our full potential. We've let life trip us up and keep us from moving forward. You ever been stuck? You ever been really stuck? Well, you don't see, I can't go keep going. I've got, I'm stuck. I'm here. That's it. We've let mi- uh, mistakes define who we are instead of letting God define who we are. See, that was Moses. He let the mistakes of his life and his past and where he was define who he was instead of letting God. But Moses didn't realize the miracle he had in his hand. Did he? Holding in his hand, when we give what we have to God, he can use it in a mighty way. He says, you want to let people know that I've spoken to you? Throw that stick on the ground. This caused a whole nother problem. Because now what did he have to do? He had to let go of the one thing he had. You see? Does it sound like us? I got much, but you, you took my stick. I got my hand on it. Don't take it away. What do you mean throw it on the ground? Oh, no, it might get hurt. Might break my stick. My stick might not be as good as it used to be. How would I keep those sheep in line if my, something happened to my stick? Now he says, all right, he threw it down, threw a dead stick down on the ground and became a snake. <laughs> now my guess is Moses didn't want a snake either. <laughs> my guess is pretty much anybody in this room would have said, that stick is no longer mine, I'm out of here. And that's exactly what Moses did. What did he do? He ran away. Moses took off running because I, <laughs> I want no parts of this snake. But you see, the Egyptians looked at a snake different ways. They were relish, especially the cobra. You know, the helmets and things, a lot of times have the insignias of the cobras on them. This was a mighty thing for them. He didn't want a snake. I'd rather have the dead stick in my hand than the snake on the ground, right? That's how we all feel. We wish we had. And there was the problem. Moses saw the danger. Moses saw what he didn't want to see. Moses saw things that were different. It probably was a cobra. It probably was just exactly that. Pharaoh wore a cobra around his neck. They, they, the gold cobra around his neck. They, this was something that tells both Israelites and Egyptians that God, Moses, um, had, had served power. There was more power than that of the Egyptian gods. And God was showing that. So when we throw our problems and even who we are out of our grasp, God can do miraculous things. And that's what he did. He turned it into a snake. Things changed and their entire perspective changed, didn't it? Moses all of a sudden goes, wait a minute. We hold tight to our issues. We're afraid to, to turn them over to the one that can take care of all the stuff. That rod was used by Moses every day. It was his line of work, and it was important. It was his protection, his guidance. It helped him guide sheep. It was stability on unstable ground. 
But when given to God, it became alive. Alive. A dead stick became alive. And it did things a stick's not supposed to do. It became a snake. If you remember the stories later, he used that stick to part the Red Sea. Use that stick, beat it on a rock to produce water. It wasn't a hindrance, it was a, it was a help, it was an asset. It wasn't a problem, it was a solution. What do we do? He did things sticks aren't supposed to do. But then he told him to pick up the stick, the snake. And he didn't tell him to pick it up by the head like you normally would pick up a snake to keep it from biting. He says, grab the tail. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'd have been a little bit more hesitant to pick up the snake again after I, than I would to throw it down. I could throw a stick down. I'm not sure I was going to grab a snake by the tail and pick it up. But you see, God wanted him to know he was in charge. That he had hold of it. He had control of this situation. So he bent down and picked it up. All of a sudden, it could do things when we let go and give it to God. And whether it's a problem or a solution, that's our problem. We've got to decide. What you have in your hand, is it a problem or the solution? And I don't know what you've got in your hand. We all have different things in our hand. Talking figuratively, not, you know. Small folks, stay with me. We have things in our hands at our disposal, things that we can use every day. Are we going to let them go and give them to God, or are we going to say, no, they're mine, I'm going to hold on to them? Or when we throw them down and when God uses them, in some wild way, do we have the nerve to pick it back up again for the next task at hand? Because, see, this was just, <laughs> this was just the beginning of what Moses was going to be going through. Matter of fact, this was the easy part. This was no problem. We're about to take on a new direction at Forest Heights. And we've got all this at our disposal, all these things in all, everybody's hands, all of who you are, what you're about, what you do, what your talents, what your abilities are, what your knowledge is, how you can help, what you can do, and all right there in our hands. Do we let go of them and say, all right, God, use them. How do we want to use them? And then when he uses them, we're going to pick them up and say, let's keep on going and do the next step, and then the next step, and then the next step. Because, see, that was just the beginning. Matter of fact, it became such a thing that Moses... Well, God told Moses to have everybody, every tribe of Israel to have a stick, a staff. We know Aaron had a rod. I even looked up again today and said, now, was it the same rod as Moses? No. Aaron had his own rod. And Aaron did some mighty things with his rod. Matter of fact, his rod was the one, if you remember, budded and produced almonds. A dead stick came alive and did all, budded almonds. Not just seed, the ripe almonds. So much so that they even put Aaron's rod in the Ark of the Covenant and it was the budding 
rot. Now, folks, anybody knows anything about agriculture and those things know that dead sticks don't bud. Okay? <laughs> they do with God. All us dead sticks can bud with God. He can take over, grab us, and use us in ways that we never thought possible. Do you think at that time Moses had any idea how that was all going to work? Do you think he had any clue what God was going to do in his life? I bet in heaven today he kind of goes, wow, God did some wild, amazing things for me down on earth. Of course, he's experienced even more wild and crazy things now. That's the God we serve. He's mighty and powerful and can take dead sticks and make them alive. Can take whatever we've got in our hands and make them useful and helpful in his kingdom. So what are we going to do with what's in our hands? That's the question. Are we going to give it up? We're going to give it to God, all of who we are. That was everything Moses was. It told us who he was. He was a shepherd. But he became much more than a shepherd. He led not sheep, but people. And millions of people. They still follow him today in some ways. They still follow his words. His, what he, and of course, we all still have the Ten Commandments that, Moses got, that God gave to Moses for us. God used Moses in such a mighty and miraculous way that he could use the same for you and me. Wow. What a God we serve. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for what you use and, and how you use us. Lord, help us to use our rod, our talent, our ability, all of who we are for you. We turn it over to you, and we ask you, Lord, to show us the way and to show us how we can be used. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your presence in our lives. Show us the way. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing an invitation hymn. We invite you.